Hello there, Pastor Tony Cruz here. Just want to take a moment and let you know that as you listen to this podcast today, I hope that it encourages you. The message is entitled Overcoming Worry. And the message was given to me uh, right before this pandemic had broke out across our nation here. And uh, I really felt it was appropriate to share these thoughts with you. I hope that as you listen to this broadcast, you were encouraged that we are not driven by fear, but we are driven by faith and trust that God is our only source. I pray that as you listen to this message, you would know that you are loved and that God is still on the throne. Be encouraged and listen in. This week has been an unprecedented week for many of us. I know for me it has been. And God shifted me in my heart. I felt very strongly to bring a message to you. So I had to shift my message a little bit here this morning. So we are going to forego our normal series here this morning to, uh, to bring you a special heavenly bulletin. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Um, God uh, has been speaking to me about fear and worry through the week and showing me and opening up my eyes. And I want us to bring a message this morning entitled overcoming worry and I want to give you some biblical principles to that because I never experienced some of the feelings that I felt this week and some of you are in the same boat raise your hand if you're in the same boat this week you felt some weirdness that you've never felt before um, you normally went to go buy some things at the grocery store that normally you could just pick up and um, I found out it's easier to apply for a passport than it is to get certain items for my home Yeah, never experienced some of the feelings I did, and and as a nation, we haven't faced anything like this in probably the 1800s in some way. I, I wasn't around back then, but I hear it was pretty bad. And the Bible has a great deal to speak about worry and fear, and so I need to address some of those things in our lives. And I wanted to be very clear: this is not a downer message. This is a message when you walk out of this room. I want you to sense the joy of God in your life. I want you to walk away understanding who our God is and who your God is and who we serve today. Come on, somebody. Worry and anxiety. Let me tell you something. Worry and anxiety is rooted in fear and, and the inability to control a person or a situation. When we feel like we are unable to control something, we have this thing that tightens us up, puts us in a situation where we are no longer effective for God. When you freeze your life, and you say, I'm not willing to commit to this or commit to that. You freeze the purposes of God in your life. You freeze the will of God in your life. You freeze the opportunities for God to move in your life. When you can't commit to something, you freeze everything. And God doesn't want you to freeze. And God doesn't want you to walk outside of his will and purposes. So understand this today, that the moment you freeze your life, because of the inability to commit and say, Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. We fret, we worry. That right there puts us in a situation to be in, uh, 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 unusable. Not because we are broken and unusable, but because we have no longer given access to God. We've no longer given access to his Holy Spirit. Somebody with me. Listen, I'm telling you something you need to hear this morning, and I need to hear it. I know it because we all need to hear it. There's a word that's universal here, and this word is universal. 
I want us to understand something that I want to read a text that speaks to us in Psalm 37. And Psalm 37 is going to speak to our text, but it is not our main text. It just frames our, uh, the message here this morning to you. And for the next five hours, I want to share with you something very important. Just, no, I just want to make sure you're awake. I just, good morning. <laughs> Somebody said preach it, so it's back to five hours. No, but seriously, uh, Psalm 37, the first eight verses say something very specific, and here it is. Do not fret because of those who, who are evil or envious of those who do wrong. Now let me, let me just set that verse out and then lay this down. This is about external, non-controllable opposition. Okay? This psalm is not necessarily speaking to our situation, but it is speaking to our internal situation. The external things that this passage is talking about, talks about most of the time, if you read the entire passage of, uh, of Psalm 37, 1 through 8, you read it, it's talking about how, you know, we got to be careful not to be envious of those who hurt us externally. But I want us to be clear, it does talk about something we can't control. It does talk about things when people come against us that we cannot change. That we, how many know you can't change your neighbor's response to things? Right? You can't change how your neighbor responds to you. Or how your neighbor responds to the, the public. But you can change how you accept it. You can't change the scene, but you can, you can change how you react to the scene. And so here in verse 3, he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It goes on to say, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. Listen, the whole first eight verses are about being still before God, trusting him and not fretting. Everybody say fret. Fret is another word used, uh, which translated as worry. So we will not fret. We will not worry. We will not be those worry people. We will not walk weary or walk worried. Come on, somebody. We will not walk weary or walk worried. Now, listen, there will be days you will be weary, but you're not called to live and walk in worry. So we understand that we are to commit our ways to the Lord. So let me talk to you about overcoming some of the things in this world that is very normal for some. That worry, that fear, that anxiety, fear of the unknown, fear of the future, worry about rejection. And the list goes on and on and on. And listen, again... When we talk about external opposition, we're always talking about things that come against us. There will always be things that come against you and your will of, the will of God for your life. There's not a day you will walk this God's green earth where the things that are in it are not opposing the things of God in your life. Not a single day. Yes? Come on, if you, if you believe me, talk back to me. Let me know you get what I'm saying. Because I need you to understand this. Sometimes when we, when we worry, what we do is we allow everything else to get bigger than God and we no longer see God. We no longer see God. We no longer see the, the purposes of God because they're, too, they're being uh, overwhelmed by all the other things. 
So let me give you a couple keys as our main text this morning is Matthew chapter 6. I want to give you the first thought here this morning because I believe that God has given us biblical principles to overcome worry. If you're worried today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that you walk out of this place filled with joy. I'm going to pray that you log off online with joy in your heart. You, I'm going to pray that while you listen to this podcast during the week and in the future months and at time that is not like right now, you will still feel the joy because the principles that are in this are, are eternal. How many of the principles are eternal? Right? So I want to give you just, not just an encouraging word for right now, I want to give you principles for life. And here it is. The first one, we are to refrain from worry. What am I talking about? When I say refrain from worry, I'm saying don't even touch it. Because some of us don't, don't sit at the table and sip from worry. But we sit around wondering what's in the cup. Some of us, we, we don't necessarily feed off of the, uh, the world and, and some of the, the, the way that they approach life, but we are curious as to what they're doing. And we hang around it long enough to then be directly or indirectly affected by them. Their attitude about their cup, about their attitude about the things that they're experiencing, and that stuff starts to jump on you. And I want to tell you, refrain from all of that worry and put yourself in a position where worry is not an option. You say, well, Pastor Tony, how do I do that? I'll get to that in a moment because we understand that, that, that Jesus Christ was very specific when he spoke these words in Matthew chapter 6. Turn there if you have a Bible. Matthew chapter 6. Turn or tap Matthew chapter 6 beginning verse 25. Therefore I say to you, this is a good one right here, because therefore I say to you, we're in good hands. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, for you shall, what ye shall put on. It is not the life, for is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more better than they? Did you get that? You're, you're more important to God than that. And God is going to look out for you. Verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. Wherefore, if, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He's taking care of the flowers, my people. Wouldn't he take care of you? Verse 31. Come on, I read on. Verse 31, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or whither shall we be clothed? How are we going to get clothes? How are we going to get toilet paper? You know I was going to say it at some point. Therefore, that's not in Matthew by the way. No version you read says TV. 
not even the message. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we clothe? For all these things the Gentiles seek. In other words, those that don't make Jesus Lord, right? Or rather those who are non-Jews. That's the Gentiles. And so in this case, uh, Matthew is talking to a primarily Jewish audience. He's trying to tell the Jewish audience, listen, this is what those people that don't put their trust in God do. Are you hearing this? Matthew was written for the audience of the Jews. So when he wrote this, he was writing as a Jew to the Jews. And he's saying, listen, this is what those who don't put their trust in God do, the Gentiles. For your heavenly father knows that you had need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All these things. Last verse. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take the thoughts and the things for itself. And right here it says the very important part. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. In this world, you will have trouble, but take hold, I have overcome the world. I didn't say that, Jesus did. And he says to you, take heart, I have overcome the world. So let me tell you why worry is not good for you. Why worry is more than just, oh, well, I'm just a little bit worried. No, you're either worried or you're not. There's a little bit of worry still leads to bigger things. You have a way of progressing things. Come on. Sinful nature has a way of progressing things. Little worry becomes big worry real fast. How many ever had little worry become big worry real fast? Because you let that little thing linger long enough. Come on, somebody. You let that little thing linger. You let that thought just sit, that little seed just sit right on your mind. You let that thing just, oh boy, I tell you what, it'll grow faster. Just like if you're pulling weeds outside and you're, and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to keep your, your, your flower bed nice and, and that one, oh, I'll just leave it. Guess what? That little puppy's going to come out real soon like this. What's out here? Not before long, because you leave something linger, it's going to grow. So little worry is just as effective as big worry. Just the big worry is seen more. So worry corrupts your spirit. If you're writing some notes down, worry corrupts your spirit. This is on the point number one. Why do we refrain from worry? Why? Because worry corrupts your spirit. It takes away joy. And God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. I read that in 2 Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 7 tells us very clear that God didn't give it to you, and I don't want it. Come on, tell your neighbor right now, if God didn't give it, I don't want it. Tell him. Tell somebody, if God didn't give it, I don't want it. Come on, tell somebody. I don't want it. I read a story about a young lawyer who was called to the big city, uh, from the big city rather, to a large railroad company who needed a lawyer that was being sued by a farmer. It seems that the farmer's prized cow was missing from the field through which the railroad had passed and the farmer was suing for the value of that cow. Before the case was to be tried, the lawyer cornered the farmer one day and said, listen, you need to settle out of court. We'll give you X amount of dollars. And he convinced him to settle out of court for half of what he originally posted. 
The farmer signed the necessary papers and then accepted the check. The young lawyer couldn't resist gloating a bit. And he came to the, to the farmer and he said, listen, I want you to know something with a grin on his face. You know, I, I couldn't have won that case. If it had gone to trial, the engineer was actually asleep and the fireman, uh, the fireman that was uh, in the caboose when the train passed through, he wasn't even where he was supposed to be. <laughs> there was no way I would have won that case and I didn't have a single witness if we did go to trial. So just wanted to let you know. With a smirk on his face, the old farmer said, well, I tell you, young fella, I was a little worried about winning that case myself because the cow came home this morning. Listen, <laughs> the cow's coming home, people. Sometimes we can worry about something and it's just out of our control and it can be unhealthy, but it can be expensive. Like the guy that bought all the hand sanitizers once he found out there was some outbreak, bought all the hand sanitizers, decided to try to sell them anywhere between 8 and $50. He sold a few and then Amazon and eBay shut them down. And now he has 17,700 hand sanitizers in his garage with nothing to do with it. It can be expensive. When you step out that way, you worry and you want to make a quick buck in that situation. Let me tell you something. There's something to say about worrying that's going to cost you something. And it also affects you physically. I'll get to that in a minute. My second thought is simply this. Worry is contagious to the saints. Did you know that what you say directly affects other people? What you say will affect people. And have you ever been around someone who rained on your parade every single time you met them? No pointing. I mean, they are perfectly good at ruining your day. They walk around with a black cloud hovering over them, doom and gloom. That stuff is contagious. Be very mindful of that. Worry is contagious. Another thing about worry is it's confusing to sinners. Those who don't know Jesus, those who have not accepted Jesus as Lord. Listen, it's confusing when the people of God that know an all-powerful God are panicking like that. It's confusing because they're like, we thought your God was big. I said I was going to go to church with you next week, but now the way you acting? Like Y2K all over again. How many, are, how many remember Y2K? We thought that was going to be the end of the world as we know it. Not a flicker. Well, there was one, but that was a prank. People who don't know Jesus, let me tell you something. They'll be confused when the people of God don't know what God is doing. Stay close to him. It's amazing how we can focus on the things that don't matter and neglect the most important things in life. We need to learn how to choose our battles better, yes? Leonard Ravenhill said it best. He said, many of us are hunting mice while lions are devouring the land. Many of us are hunting mice and there are lions devouring our land. We're paying attention to all the little details that don't matter things that really don't have eternal value and there's a lion devouring our land. Come on, somebody. Number two, we are to rely 
on his faithfulness. We are to rely on his faithfulness. To rely on him to what? Supply what we don't have. We rely on God to supply what we don't have and what we can't provide. God doesn't ask us to do the impossible. He asks us to do the possible and trust in him for the impossible. Now we are asked to believe in the impossible. And there are things that are very impossible to man, but are possible with God. When we lay hands on people and they're healed or they're touched or that God blesses them and strengthens them, that's our possible meeting his impossible. That's our natural meeting his super. That's what makes supernatural things happen. It's a mixture of my natural and his super. His super and my natural. You know you can worry yourself to death? You literally can. Chronic worry can cause serious physical problems such as ulcers, heart attacks, and high blood pressure. I love what Dr. Charles Mayo said. He's a famous um, uh, doctor. And he said this about worry. And I have it up on the screen here. Worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. I have never met a man or known a man to die of overwork, but I have known a lot who have died of worry. You can literally worry yourself to death. Friends, don't do it. It is not the will of God for your life. Sometimes you got to step back and say, I can't control this. And good thing, because I'll leave it in the hands of the one that can Right? So I'm convinced that the reason that many professing Christians don't tithe, don't support, don't do things in ministry because they don't have enough time or money. They say because of worry or fear, how am I going to pay this bill and how am I going to do that and how am I going to have enough time for this? Can I tell you something? God has not failed us. You have enough time. You have enough money. Let God be the dictator of all that is his. And you just manage what's his appropriately. There is money. There is time. There is opportunity to be obedient. And so whatever that looks like, don't let worry be right at the middle of your life. Who gave worry the corner office in your home? Why is it that it dictates you? You should tell it where to go. And it's not to heaven. There's, there's a worry that is satanic even. There's a worry that will cause the will of God to be completely opposite in your life. Now look at me for a moment. Can you give me a few more moments? Because I got some important things to tell you about overcoming worry. And here it is. Rely on him to sustain what we do have and what we don't have. We trust him anyway. Hebrews 13 verse 5 tells us this. Let your conversation be without covetedness and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, right? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about the first part. Let your conversation be without covetousness. You know what that means? Stop talking about all the things you don't have and everybody else has. All that does is continue to, to move, to motivate and move that worry in your life. It keeps that worry alive. Look at me for a moment. I need you to get this. If you worry more about what everybody has and you don't have, all that does is stir up worry. All that does, that resentment, what they have, oh, look at them. They, they don't even go to church and look what they got. 
damn. Look what they got. Look what they're experiencing. Look at their marriage. Look at their finances. Look at their car. My car, I could barely turn the AC on without the thing making some sort of rattle. Right? The more you start looking at everybody else's issues, the more you, more you start to go, well, what if mine breaks down now? What if... Did you see how that could spiral out of control? And we all do it. Why? We need to overcome this worry. My friends, listen. Hebrews is to be very clear. Let your conversation be without covenant. You know what? When you, when your car makes that rattle, maybe it's just cheering you on. And it's showing you that you should cheer that person on and cheer that person on because it's cheering you on. Every time the car starts, it makes extra sounds because it's excited to see you. Stop making it negative. Come on, somebody. It's just excited to see you since yesterday. I have. I got out of my car and fixed it and got back in. It's not, it's never meant that God has been unfaithful. It's just we will have trouble. And what does worry do about the sound? If I worry hard enough, will the sound go away? If I worry hard enough, will it fix itself? No, but everything by what? Prayer and supplication. Make your request be made known to God. Replace worry with prayer. And you'll be a prayer warrior. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency, watch this, but our sufficiency is of God. We don't depend on ourselves. We depend on the, defic- the, the sufficiency of God. We are deficient. He is sufficient. We lack. He owns all things. How many, know, how many ever read that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Amen. Amen. I got news flash. That's not entirely true. He owns the hills too. Come on, somebody. He has got you. He's got this. So when you start to worry, you know what? Step back and say, I will overcome this worry with faith and trust and and knowing that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. Somebody say it. We need to overcome worry, friends, in this time. As a nation, people are worried. And you know what? This is the greatest opportunity the church has had in a long time. To show what hope looks like. This is the greatest opportunity to show what hope looks like. Yeah, you can, you can clap. That's all right. Why? Why do we clap? Why do we hope? Why do we believe? Why? Because 2 Corinthians 12, 9 tells us, My grace is sufficient. What is sufficient? More than enough. It's more than enough. 
For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. How many weak people we got in the room? Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes we feel weak, yeah, yeah. Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand. Forget that. Next one, pastor, ask the next question. I'll raise it two times on that one, but I'm not raising this one. No, but I'm telling you that there are times that we are weak, we feel weak, and I had one of those moments just yesterday. Can I be transparent for a moment? I had a moment of just tired. I was tired. Oh, I said, what's wrong? I said, just stuff. Stuff. How many ever had stuff as an answer? Just stuff. Like this, that, and the other. Mounting up on you. You didn't even, you're just trying to deal with the first one and the second one slaps you in the nose and you're like, what the heck, man? And then something else comes your way and you're like, I'm just trying to deal with the second one and the first one and you want to come along. And then all these things come and it kind of feels overwhelming. <sighs> just take a deep breath sometimes and say, God, I leave it to you. Work like it's up to you. Pray like it's up to him. Right? But worrying is not going to add a single moment to your life. In fact, it'll take more of it away. So here's a few things. You ever heard the term, and my third point is simply this, we rejoice in his fellowship. We rejoice in his fellowship. You ever heard the expression, first things first? It's a principle that, you know, is certainly true when it comes to overwhelming fear. First things first, we feel like all these things are happening. Well, let me take care of the most important thing first and when I take that and I beat that and I conquer that move on to the next thing that's that's just what I could do right now and if we keep perspective that God is the one that will guide us we begin to live a less worryful life here's a couple thoughts first our delight should be in his person when we look at Jesus and we look at rejoicing in his fellowship, we rejoice in the fact that he is who he says he is. So we can rejoice in his person, right? We can rejoice in knowing that God is good to us. The key to overcoming worry is God himself. Delight yourself in him and give him that first place in your life. Everyone's a distant second. Psalm 73, 28. I think we have this up there. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord, God, that I may declare all thy works. What works? Thy works, right? Whose works? God's works. You know what's one of the things that I just have to remind myself sometimes when I worry? Is you did this before. Right? You've done this before. You've helped people in this situation before. I'm not your first person. I know the world revolves around you, but let's say for, for a moment it doesn't. Right? And you were the first person. Guess what? He's still not surprised. He's done this before. So if we trust him and say, God, you've done this before. I haven't, but you have. Help me see where I can do right here. We delight in this person. Second thing is we desire to be consistent with his purposes. Let's look at Psalm 84. It says this, for the Lord God is a sun, watch this, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give peace and glory. No good thing will, will he withhold from them that walk, what? Uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who puts their trust in thee. Blessed 
is the man who puts their trust in thee. We put our trust in him. And the last thought is simply this. Our destiny is realized in his promises. So I talked about the delight in this person, desire, consistency. And third is destiny is realized in his promises. The bottom line is that we should not worry or fret because none of those things help us add a single moment to our lives. But we can bring those requests, those legitimate concerns to God and say, God, this is bigger than me. How many know you can bring things to God and say, God, this is bigger than me and he's okay with that? You don't have to be like, God, I know you got a lot of things to do and your plate is full. I like when people walk up to me and they say that to me. They go, Pastor, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things and I know you're, you know, but let me tell you something. This is something I need. I'm like, I, we all, listen, we're all busy. We all have stuff, but let's talk. How can we help each other? You don't have to preface God with, I know you're busy. Just go to him. I'm your child. Lord, I have this issue. I have this worry. I have this concern. Here it is, God. And if you lack something in your life, if you lack commitment, if you lack a struggle, if you lack finances, if you lack a job, if you lack all these things, don't be like, God, um, real quick, can you, uh, right here, um, you remember me? Real quick, can I get your attention for a moment, God? Um, yeah, real quick. Listen, remember that time I prayed to you about three weeks ago? I'm back. Um, I got an issue. I need your help with you follow me? Like sometimes we only come to him with, how about we come to him every day? That's why worry has become so big and fear and anxiety because people only come to him when something is out of our control. How about we bring him the things every day and say, Lord, I'm going to lay this at your feet. And don't let that stuff build up because that's when it becomes bigger than us. So I believe there are three substitutes for worry. And here's my, here's the, here's the take home. Are you ready? If you want to take this home, here it is. There are three things, three substitutes for worry. And it's real simple. Watch this. Rejoice. Rejoice in your God. Rejoice that you have a church body. I pray you do. If you don't get one, they're around. Get a body of believers that you're going to stay there and be there. You flip-flop, go here, go there, go there. That doesn't help you. Get somewhere, plant yourself there, go there, be a part of that, and rejoice with somebody else. And you know what? Guess what? When you struggle with something, there's somebody in that room that may have struggled with the same thing, and they're going to help you, and you're going to go through it. And guess what? You're going to survive. And then when somebody else goes through something, you're going to be there to help them. The moment we think the church is just about what I can get, we lose it. We lost it. Church is about what I can get and I can give to both God and his people. It's a mixture. It's a, it's a relationship with God and man. I ain't got a church. I don't, I don't have a church. Get one. Fellowship. Connect with people. Rejoice with someone. Second thing, relax. Relax. This will not end the world. The world will not go out with this. Trust me, there's a lot. I read the end of the book. I read the end of the book. And, and newsflash, it don't end like this. I don't care what Hollywood or Universal Pictures say. Come on, somebody. 
come on. It don't end like this. I read the end of the book and the lamb wins. The lamb wins. The lamb wins. The sacrifice he made was for you and for me. The lamb wins. So relax. Chill. Let the Holy Spirit give you a chill pill. Which is also called the gospel. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. It's cool. Just let him bless you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's a freebie. That, I didn't even charge you for that one. That's free. Gospel. <laughs> I got a bunch of them. Third thing. Rest. Somebody say amen. Some of you just woke up because of all the amens. You took it too early. You pre- prematurely, prematurely. But here's what I'm saying. It's okay to rest. It's okay to rest. And let God take care of some situations for you. Amen? These, these, listen, these, these are principles that will help you, not just today, but the rest of your life. Overcoming worry is a constant in your life. And you're going to have to battle. You're not going to perfect it, nor have I. Can I tell you, I stand here, I'm not perfected this yet. I told you very transparently. I, I struggled even just yesterday, you know. It's a constant, but we got to remind ourselves and remind ourselves. Worry doesn't add a single moment to our lives. So, God desires for you to overcome Worry, period. God desires for you to overcome worry. He doesn't want you to walk in it. So today, let's pray a prayer that we say, I decide, God, what is possible for me, and I decide what is impossible, and I leave to you. Decide today what's possible with you and what's only possible with God, and stop touching the things you're not supposed to touch. Stop handling the things that are bigger than you. Say, well, well, Pastor Tony, God doesn't give you more than you can bear. False. False. There are plenty of things that, fa- that I face that is bigger than me. But I trust him to come in to that situation. And I, I got to choose not to worry. And there's a lot of people. Look at me for a moment. There's a lot of people outside these walls worrying. Some of you at home, worry. Can I tell you something? Jesus beat this one. He beat this one. I have some foreknowledge by the word of God. But if you don't read the word and know for yourself, then you rely on everybody else for that. And everybody else is worrying. So what are you naturally going to do? Worry. Get yourself around some believers. If you're not being connected... Get yourself in the Bible study. We have Bible studies here. Prayer time on Sunday mornings from 9 to 9.30 before the service. Get your heart prepped. You want to know why God's been moving our services? We've been praying. We've been praying. We've been believing. And we know that God is doing something. Amen. Can I ask you right where you're at to bow your heads right where you are, everyone, right now? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Today, God, we choose to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, we lay them at your feet in solemn prayer.
help me to change what I can and release the things that I cannot. May your peace surround us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Give us joy. Yes, we'll be responsible. Yes, we'll wash our hands. Yes, we'll do all the things appropriately. But God, we should not to walk in fear. I choose not to worry or fret because you value me. You value my life. And more than anyone, as you've given yourself for me, you want to see us as your church thrive. The body of Christ, you want it to thrive. So right now, I acknowledge that you can do everything and nothing is impossible for you. I desire, God, that you would speak to each of us in this room and each of us listening or watching online. Father, would you grant peace in the name of Jesus? A peace that passes all understanding. A peace that makes no earthly sense, but every bit of heavenly sense. Lord, I want to walk with you. And sometimes I don't make decisions that help me that way. Because I worry and I freeze the purposes of God in my life. Help me not to worry so much that I would thwart the ways of God. And push away the will of God. Lord, my expectation and hope are both in you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Don't turn us off just yet. Let me just say this to those of you who are online. I want to say this one thing before we log off. Know that he is your source. If you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and him as Savior, let him speak to your problem. You you just concern your eyes and focus on him. God bless you. And don't live in a worry environment. Overcome worry and do it with faith. Amen.